Hey y'all, this is your girl Amber reaching your potential. I'm back with another episode. I don't have any guests on this one, but I really wanted to get this one out here because this occurred during my job. And as you guys know, I am an occupational therapist working in home health and working with the older adult population. And something that I have experienced within my five months so far is losing a patient. How do you go through that? What emotions do you feel? There's so many things to even think about when you are experiencing the death or a loss of a patient. So I'm just going to give you guys my experience so far because I already lost two patients, which is so sad. But I'm going to stop right here. Let's get started. something that we don't really want to talk about a lot is death how do we go about it how do we get our head around it it's a really scary thing to think about knowing that we're all going to go through that in one point of our lives but as a professional as a health professional serving the older adult population that is one thing that you kind of have to keep in mind when you're working with patients you always have to kind of have in the back of your head that this patient can potentially pass away while you're treating them, which is kind of sad to think about, but you don't want to be surprised when you get a phone call finding out that your patient passed away. So luckily, I don't want to say luckily, um, but in a way it is kind of, I'm blessed that I didn't have to worry about death of a patient while I was actually treating them. I was actually given the news after I discharged them. But still, either way, whether I discharged them or whether I was treating them, they were still my patient. (laughs) That's something that I really take to heart. I care about all my patients regardless of their their race, their gender, whatnot. I care about all my patients. So when I have to decide that I have to discharge them, it is so sad because you created this bond with them. You gained such a great rapport with that patient and their loved one and their spouse and their home health aide and everybody that has some type of relationship with their, um, with that patient. You're kind of like cutting ties and saying like, well, I'll see you later. I'll see you next time. Luckily, with my job, most of the patients that I have, they usually kind of circle back around within three months or so to get more therapy because of how insurance is. So I was expecting to see this patient again in the later future, but unfortunately, I didn't. So my first patient that I had, he was actually my first caseload when I first started my job and he was such a sweet guy he was about in his 90s very fragile man and if you are in the health profession you might label him as a patient that is bed bound so for those who don't know what bed bound means bed bound means that this patient is not really getting out of the bed 
he's not walking, he's not really as active at all. Um, so when I first saw him, he was in his bed. The home health aide was basically doing everything for him, including feeding him. So I knew that we had to change that. I didn't know um, that he was actually deteriorating while I was treating him. But either way, I was still going to make sure that he was living the best life possible. My goals for him mostly was to make sure he can feed himself. I didn't want the aid to hold the cup for him because he didn't have that much strength in his upper body to hold the cup, to bring it to his mouth, to drink the water, to use the straw, whatever. He didn't have enough strength to use a spoon and a fork to feed himself. It was so, so sad. And I feel that as you're living, you should at least have the strength to do those simple things and that's what he wanted he wanted to feed himself he wanted to drink the water by himself so we just focused on those type of things we also focused a lot on sitting at the edge of the bed making sure his blood pressure was pretty stable too because his blood pressure would drop when we would sit him at the edge of the bed because his body wasn't used to sitting upright at all he was laying down all the time so we focused a little bit on those things and then also one thing about him was he was such a jokester he loved making jokes and he loved encouragement so after my sessions I will always let him know that he did a great job that you know keep it up you're doing so great you know, I don't know, I'm a cheerleader for my patients. So I always want to make sure that they feel good about themselves. And because of that, I remember as I was treating him within like maybe a month or two months in, his spouse would say how much of a joy I was for her husband, that he always looks forward to our sessions, that I just created this light in his life. And I was like, oh, really? Like, that's so cute. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just made me so happy because I didn't realize how much of an impact that I was having in his life, especially when I was giving him all the encouragement that he needed. So we will go through sessions together. I saw so much progress in him. Yes, the transfers were really difficult for him. They were literally like max the total assists. But he really wanted to get out of bed. He wanted to sit at the edge of the bed. And I always encouraged him. I always pushed him. Pushed him not too much, but, you know, something to some degree of his limitation. Um, that kept him going. And we will play different games together. We will do crosswords together, things of that nature. And when it came to the point where I had to discharge him because we were getting to kind of like the end of therapy, I was just telling him how great of a job he did and so proud of him and he's just going to keep doing well. And I was just so excited to see him again. Another thing that he loved was me giving him like a rating of how he did in therapy. I would tell him like, you got 10 out of 10 today. You did great. And then I stopped doing that for a while and he actually picked up on it. And he's like, so how did I do Amber? <laughs> and I was like, what do you think? 
And he said, I'll give myself an eight. And I was like, yeah, I think I'll give you an eight too. I said, like, we'll shoot for a 10 tomorrow <laughs> or something. And that just made him so happy. It was, it was such a joy to work with him for sure. I discharged him within like three months or so. And I told the spouse that, you know, I'm very excited to see him again and work with him and whatnot. So then maybe a month later, the PT that was going to treat him told us that they are putting him in hospice. And I was so sad. I was like, oh my gosh, like this man is dying. And I had no idea. It was so scary. And then later on, um, I got a voicemail. I got a voicemail from the son of the patient and I've seen him before because he came to the house and I'll educate him on different things and whatnot and um he always tell me that his dad loved me and the PT he's like I'm probably second compared to y'all and it was funny but he left me a voicemail and it was just one of the sweetest things ever I still save it to this day because it really gave me that motivation of why I'm an OT it was just letting me know that his dad passed away. He wanted to let me know that, but also to let me know that his family was around him. He was cared for. He was loved for, but he was just saying thank you for the care that I provided for his dad, that I gave him a reason to live again. And when he said that, I was just like <laughs> in tears because nobody has to say that, you know? I feel that some family members know who really cares or have a passion for their job and who doesn't. Some people just go about their day and, you know, go through the motions at their job, but I never want to feel that way when I'm treating my patients. Whether they are healthy or whether they are getting to that end of life point of their life. So that voicemail really touched me in a special way. It really gave me that that confidence or just gave me that reminder of why I do what I do. It was such a loving and I just love that voicemail. Like sometimes I just listen to it just when I'm having like not the best day just to get me back into the grind of this is what I do. I love what I do and this is why I do what I do. So it was very sad. Um, I called the spouse to, you know, send my condolences and everything like that. And she was just in tears and I was just, it, it really broke my heart because I really wish I could do something about it. You know, like these people are humans and we have a human heart. And I don't know, I, I just wanted to like hug her through the phone. <laughs> it was so hard. And all I can just say is I sent, I, I sent my condolences. I'm so sorry, but also letting her know that I really 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 enjoyed working with her husband he was such a joy to work with he was filled with so much humor and he, he was such a sweet man like I remember I um it was one time 
I came, it was like my, maybe in the beginning of treating him and we had to wear face shields and face masks so he couldn't see anything of my face. And one time he asked the home health aide what I looked like because I had, he had no idea. So I was like, well, I can't take off my mask. I can't take off my shield. I'm sorry. You know, he's like, well, do you have a picture of yourself or something so I can know what, like, who you look like or what you look like? So I showed him a picture of me on my phone and he was like, whoa, you're so pretty. (laughs) And that just made me laugh so much because like this old white man, such a a cute man like oh my gosh like so adorable and just like one of those little things just knowing what I look like regardless of like my skin color or who I am he didn't care about that he just cared that his therapist was I guess pretty (laughs) but also knowing that I am his therapist and I care about him and I'm doing whatever I can to make sure that he can reach his goals. So overall, it did take a lot for me to kind of get through it. But I have to just realize this is a part of the job that I am going to lose patience even when I don't want to. So many healthcare workers lost so many patients, especially during last year, during pandemic. I can't even imagine what they feel when they treated a patient and then the next day they're gone it's so weird and especially in my home health job most of my patients live in the same vicinity so I pass that house all the time and I'm always thinking about him and it's so hard to not be attached to your patient, especially when you start to discharge them. You gain that rapport. You gain that trust with them. They gain the trust with you. They are trusting you to provide the best care possible. And then finding out something like this is, it can get a lot for sure. But that was my first loss. That was maybe, I have to say maybe three or four months into my job. Then my second patient was very unexpected. Um, I was treating him for a while. He was very, very fatigued, very, um, yeah, very fatigued, low activity tolerance. But, you know, I encouraged him the best way I could. He also had some heart issues going on. But his wife told me that he had it for over 40 years and whatnot, so, you know, you can't really do anything about that, but, you know, I made sure he was okay, took his vitals, made sure he didn't overexert himself, all that stuff, and then next thing I know, I actually went to the house, and I saw his aide and his wife outside, and I was like, what happened, like, you know, where's Mr. So-and-so, and she told me that he fell, and he had to go to the hospital and whatnot. So, you know, no therapy makes sense. But I also just wanted to make sure he was okay. And she's like, yeah, like he should be fine. He's in the hospital. Um, You know, we're just going to hope for the best and whatnot. So 
I was like, okay, we're going to hope for the best. So also for clinical purposes, once a patient goes to a hospital, they're going to present way differently than when you first treated them. So I just wanted to let her know that, you know, I'm going to actually discharge him because he's in the hospital. He's going to present a little bit differently. So because of everything that we've done, we may have to start from the beginning. I had to do a new eval, all this other stuff. Just trying to let her know the the clinical process. And she's like, yeah, no problem. Like, um, I said, I'll put a call back in for two weeks or so. And, you know, we'll go from there. But I was also making sure that she's okay and the aide is okay because, you know, at the end of the day, they are still human. They have feelings. They have emotions. And you have to make sure that, you know, yes, I get a paper. I got a paycheck at the end of the day. But also, you have to put yourself in their shoes, right? Like, if I had a husband that was older and was in a hospital and the therapist was like, oh, okay, like I'm discharging him and just leave, do you really have people person skills? I probably wouldn't want that therapist again, right? So I just want to make sure that, yes, I took care of the professional part, but also like you're a human being, you have emotions right now. I want to make sure that you feel okay to talk to me about this stuff. If you feel like you want to talk to me about it, I'm never forcing a patient to talk to me about anything they feel uncomfortable about. But anyway, I did all that, and then maybe a few weeks later, I got this call. Didn't know the number, so I didn't answer. Got the voicemail. It was from the wife, and she wanted to let me know that her husband passed away. And I kid you not, I was just like, oh my God, I can't, I can't do this again. <laughs> like, this is a lot. So, of course, I call her. And tell her, like, hey, this is Amber. I got your message. I'm so, so sorry. Like, I sent my condolences, all that stuff. And she was just like, you know, I'm okay. I didn't want him to come back home and, like, not live the life that he wants to live. And I think the most depressing part was that he passed away on their wedding anniversary. Like, what? Are you kidding me? I, I felt so bad for her, but she was just like, I'm okay. I, I'm totally fine. I am happy he's not suffering. And I guess when you're around somebody for so long, you see them at their best. And she saw him at his worst. She knew that she didn't want her husband to just exist in this world. She wants him to live. And if he's not really living, she made the decision that it was time for him to go and it's just it's a lot it is a lot and I know that this is not going to be my first or second and that's it I know working with older adults this is kind of one of the disadvantages and that's when you are losing a patient if you really care about your job it will affect you. <laughs> um, I was, I want to say I was like very, very depressed, but I was sad because these are human beings losing their lives because they are sick, because they had accidents happening in their home and we can't do anything about it, but just be there for the family. 
I always, for both of those um, patients, I made sure that they knew that I genuinely did care about their loved one, that I enjoyed working with them, which I really did, honestly. Like, the second one, I was, he was always, he was so sarcastic in a way, but his humor was so funny. And I enjoyed working with him a lot. But if you do work with older adults or you plan to work with older adults, this is something that you have to adjust to. I remember even during my field work, I got really close with this one lady in my field work who was my patient. And she was so sweet, sweetest woman ever. And unfortunately, she had to be readmitted again during my field work. So we got even closer and once I was done with field work, I was home, all that stuff. The husband calls me and tells me that his wife passed away. And that broke me because as I told y'all, she was my lady. Like she was so sweet. She had a total hip replacement. And unfortunately, she got sick because it got infected and all this other stuff. But that hurt me because I was like, what? I like literally treated this woman, you know? And I know, as I said, I'm a new grad. I'm still into this. And I know this is not going to be my only patient that passed away. But I just want people to understand like the feelings of how, like when you get into that situation of a patient passing away or a patient getting hurt, you know, these are real life things. And I just want you guys to accept those feelings, accept those emotions. Don't try to blur it out. Don't try to not be upset or, you know, down because as human beings, we are going to be down. We're going to get kind of like, uh, like, is this the right place for me? But it is. And if you truly, truly have a passion for your job, for your profession, others will see it. And from those two experiences so far, even like my third one, when I was a student, each family member told me how much of a difference I made in that loved one's life. And that will literally verify and confirm that you're in the right place at the right time. That you treated that patient with the utmost respect. That it didn't matter how old they were, how sick they were. You still gave them some type of reason to live. Like that's deep, you know. You gave that patient a reason why they should continue to live. So for all of those patients from the past and even in the future that you may lose, it's okay. We will get through it. And you will be encouraged through their lives, through the legacy that they have left. It's going to give you the encouragement to keep on pushing and caring for others. So I hope this was encouraging. I hope this is a little bit motivating. I know this is a topic that, as I said, people don't really want to talk about. But it's needed. It needs to be said. And 
if anybody has experienced death in their field work or at their job I know like even in our lives our personal lives we go through losing loved ones I lost my great-grandparents my uncles you know other loved ones and of course that hurts a lot but how do you go about it when you lose a patient so weird but you know it needs to be talked about and if anybody want to have a discussion about it let me know because you guys have my information you guys have my instagram you have my email you have all that information don't hesitate to reach out to me because you know i love a good conversation but that's all we got for today guys if you have if you have any questions comments or concerns about anything that i mentioned in this episode please hit me up but i'll talk to you guys later in the next episode of the reaching your potential podcast peace out